Beast High. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 3, senior year, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And Condra, I have a confession to make. I'm just kidding. I, I just want to see if we could do that whole shtick again. Now, let's just get into the episode. Yeah. It's minute 34 of High School Musical 3. <laughs> Big Poppy. <laughs> That is a joke for like two people, and one of them is me. <laughs> Lots of people know who David Ortiz is. But like, Tyler, again, we have to remind where, ourselves where, we're all. Where do those audiences <laughs> intersect? Yeah. The Venn diagram. You and I, that is the Venn diagram. <laughs> so, minute 34 of High School Musical 3 senior year starts out with a rumble of thunder while they sing The Chances of Finding Someone Like You and ends with Gabriella saying in every language. (laughs) We finish the song in this minute. Just in time. Um, So, yeah, so um, can I have this dance? You know, we spent a whole minute, last minute, talking about there's dancing. We, We had a couple more thoughts that we wanted to add upon watching this minute and, you know, taking a, taking a, estimation of what we did and didn't talk about in the previous scene. So, Condra, what did you want to talk about? I wanted to talk about how there are multiple feet shots in this scene. <laughs> yeah, so there's I think there's only one in this minute, but there was one in the previous minute and then the one in the minute before that, too. Yeah, so this is new for Kenny for this <laughs> for this franchise. Not new for Kenny, period. There's the very iconic Hocus Pocus, their feet as they're like going down the street <laughs> and they're walking in sync. There's in Santa Fe, they there's like his boot clicking. But the camera trying to go with the movement, it almost reminds me of that like weird little animated stutter stop that people can do where they're like stop motion adjacent. It's not the cleanest shot in this here minute or scene. I I don't necessarily agree. I I thought the foot the foot shot was interesting enough, like in terms of um, just variety of shots. What what I will say, what what it, what was impressed upon me rewatching this minute again was right to get the coverage that they needed to get all these different shots of them dancing and like lip syncing along with the dancing. It's not just that you know Zach and Vanessa could do the dance. They did this dance probably a dozen or two dozen times mm-hmm. run through mm-hmm. with all the different camera angles. And so that, like, in terms of the craft, you have to put respect on that. Absolutely. I'll give you that. Absolutely. And, and there are one or two pretty good camera movement flourishes where the camera is following them. And if, and then we get this, like, big wide oh, shot. That wide shot is so That's, like, so super good. up in the air and far away. And that's... Pretty cool, and we can see the background, mountains and trees. What I said in between episodes in the green room was it's all competent, but overall it's uninspired. I don't like I don't think that it hits in the like I don't think it hits in the way that they want it to be like this is this big magical scene. And I think and I wanted to say this in the previous episode, but 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 we got so off topic. No, we did. <laughs> I think what happens is like there's there's too there's too much background noise or there's too much there's too much baggage this far into the series. In the first movie, you could just have a scene of Troy and Gabriella singing, mm-hmm. and it was magical. 
And somehow by adding stuff to them, you're actually taking it away. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Not that I fully agree. I think there's a simplicity to this song that, for example, right here, right now, I thought had needless complications. The the, the rotating set. Yeah. Yeah, That I think there's something, the stripped down nature of this is almost like when we first heard Troy and Gabriella singing what I've been looking for. Like it was a raw emotional moment. And this has elegance. It has elegance. I think it has a little bit too much pomp and circumstance for it to be as raw as something from the first movie is is well, what yeah. I'm trying to say. I think something that I was impressed upon during this minute, I don't I, I think I'd been thinking about it, but I finally put the words to it was Vanessa Hudgens voice is so much stronger. Like you can just tell she has grown as a singer at this point in her career, that her voice doesn't overpower Zach's, but there's it's shining more in this than even in their yeah. other duet they've had in this movie. Like by default, you're hearing Vanessa's voice, and then you're and then if you pay attention, you'd be like, oh, and Zach's harmonizing really well too. Yeah, and that's not to say Zach's harmonizing doesn't strengthen the song, but I think. But Vanessa stands out. Yeah. I like her little music box spin that she gets in this minute. It's yes. really and, and pretty. And that's the other thing I was going to shout out is like, so Troy stands up on this like pedestal, like what looks like it would be like a chimney covered type yeah. thing, but it's not actually a chimney. And he like holds his hand out to her and he pulls her up on it. And then once she's up on it, she's on one leg with the other leg back. And he's like sort of spinning her um, around on this pedestal and her, she has her foot planted and, like you said, music box, like a ballerina. It's a very, and it's an, we get an overhead shot of it too, which I love. Like, yeah, the overhead shots in the minute are good. Yeah. It does start pouring rain. <sighs> which is weird because like literally like 10 seconds before we get like a lens flare of the sun yeah. in the camera. It's so beautifully sunny out. And it's like, <laughs> if this were Sunday school musical, or maybe we will in the next minute. Who's to say? Not us. Um, we'll get a lovely rainbow. Like, <laughs> but it, the rain, the rain. So, Tyler, I told you several minutes ago now that this scene. That something iconic was iconic. going on in this scene. It's the rain. <laughs> That's what I figured. And I was hoping that it would be something more than the rain. Like we talked about in the last minute, I was like, I was wondering if it was going to cut away to like some fantasy or, I do you know, love change that locations in some or like have some sort of more extreme camera technique or something more on its face silly like that Vanessa and Tr- Zach were doing. Mm-hmm. But just the rain's like, eh, it's rain. It's a it's a callback to it is the previous movie when they got when they got sprinkled on by Sharpay, technically. Bolton, Montez, you have a callback. Something that literally just came to me, though. I think, so we're coming off, basically off of Sharpay and Ryan's song, which is total nonsense fantasy, huge. And very fake. And very fake. That there is this continuing contrast between Sharpay and her fantasies 
and Troy and Gabriella's reality. Who have raw natural talent. Where Sharpay covers up herself with all these excessive remixes and arrangements. Troy and Gabriella just are. And not to say that that's an excuse or anything, but I do think the contrast between the two, like, yeah, we don't get this beautiful fantasy sequence with Gabriella in a flowing white gown and Troy in a tux kind of thing. Like, but that would also feel so wrong for them. Like, yeah, no, you're right. I would. And maybe it's the fault of watching it one at a time, but it doesn't feel like the movie's necessarily aware of that thematic nature of what they're doing. (laughs) I think that is a fault of the minute at a time. I think the still it is a little stilted right now for us. <laughs> but well, unlike or like in West Side Story, where you have and you have them singing America, and then you have them singing to the Officer Krupke like right in a row, and that this is in the 1960 version. It, mm-hmm. It's not quite set up next to each other in the the newer version. Mm-hmm. But like you're like okay, this is the this is the point of view of the Puerto Rican characters, and then this is the point of the view of the second generation American immigrant characters Mm -hmm. and like, Oh, like right next to each other, we see both of their perspectives and we, we know why they are that the way they are. Mm -hmm. And that's like the ideal version of it. And obviously that's not a a third movie in a series. So yeah, um, they're setting up the characters and, you know, setting up characters and doing origin stories is generally more interesting for some reason, unless you're Spider-Man. Then your best version is into the Spider Verse, where they're like, "Yeah, we know." <laughs> Which the story. is an origin story, but just a different one. I yeah, I think while the rain is not necessarily dazzling, I think it still has that like movie kind is of it, glitz. Is it classic to... or is it cliche? Is the yeah, question. I and I kind of love. I personally, I love that studio rainfall. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's charming. It it brings a smile to fa- my face. And I think it's also really funny that they have to finish this song. It is downpouring flash flooding. And they have to finish this waltz. <laughs> well, that's what's interesting about the, the, the third and final foot shot is that it, it actually does prestige on the previous two because like now it's wet and raining. So it's like they're doing this footwork and it's slippery. Yeah. And Gabrielle is in heels. And everyone does look more attractive when they're dripping wet with rain. This is this must be said. <laughs> I'll let you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the classic, like, rom-com, like, yeah. desperate moment, you know, it's, 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 it, it bears them down to their soul, right? When you're, when yeah. you're soaking wet, you're, you're, you're more pure. It, it literally thematically rain it's is purification, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. It's rebirth and purification and like something about like stripping it all away. I'm desperate and in love. And like, that is the classic, like, oh my God, that's hot when people are, when, when they're desperate and they're, they're frantic and they're, they're, and they're going for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think the purification element or imagery is not like to continue the comparison against Sharpay and Ryan, like, yeah. <laughs> Impure, like, unholy. Not <laughs> back. 
back, I say with my cross fingers. I, I, I'm not going to go that far. Ryan's a pure baby. But <laughs> I think I think that juxtaposition between the two of them is like they may be soaked to the bone, but Sharpay and Ryan were in these flashy glitz glam outfits that were like, I think the rain helps the song, even if it's silly. <laughs> I think it helps the visuals. It's almost it's almost fair, too, because like. It's not like they made it start raining like early on in the song and then the whole song's them dancing in the rain. It's like it's just like the last 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but it's what everyone remembers because they get rained on. <laughs> but I, I think I think it's sweet. It, it's a sweet song. Like I could see this. I hate to say this. Oh my god, it's gonna come out of my mouth. This could be someone's first dance at their wedding. Only if it was raining at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think someone could just do it as their first dance. Yeah. Like it, it, it's got that yeah. vibe to Surely it. Surely someone our age has done that. I'm sure, but I think, I think there's something about the simplicity to it, and then the rain just completing it. It, it does make it this nice moment in the movie. It would almost be something if Kenny was doing less with the the camera moves and mm. the, you know, the shots that he was choosing. And this is what's like obviously brilliant about like old, old musicals is like, they just set the camera up and it was like, you were watching a stage, like a stage mm -hmm. production and you were just watching people dance. And then later on you got like the fancy, like camera goes in between all the, the dancers legs and like, yeah, these like hyper um, camera productions where like they're, they're doing crazy things with the cameras it almost would have been nice if they like had went simpler with this scene in terms of how they shot it. Yeah, but I think it's funny all the the all the shots we've talked about have been the wide shots, the ones that are the showcasing showca the dancing. Yeah. yeah. So there's a little a little less editing maybe then. Like just yeah, I think if we yeah if we could play. linger on some shots that'd be really nice. Do you have to? Do you have uh, to let it linger? Ah, oh, cranberries. <laughs> nice. That's another that's another me turning a classic song lyric into like a sassy statement. <laughs> anyway, the and song ends. The song ends and, and Troy they're, they're in each other's arms. Yeah, and Gabrielle makes this weird like yummy noise almost. She's like <laughs> I don't know how to describe I was it. I'm expecting to the word yummy. How else would you describe her? Mm, noise. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. But you're yes, you're quoting Young Frankenstein, I guess. Oh, I am. You made a yummy noise, so I thought you liked it. I didn't even realize that's what I was talking. <laughs> it just felt right to me. I was like, this is what it's called. Yeah, because Mel Brooks is always right. Absolutely. Unless he's saying something about how you can't make comedies anymore. I, I don't know. He's old. I I, I give him a pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure. So, yeah, she's just, like, lingering in the rain. Like, she's, like, relishing the rain. There is, like, a five-second gap before they say anything again where you're like, are they going to are they gonna kiss? kiss? Is it going to cut away? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. And then they and, start talking. Yeah, and, and Troy asks, so is that a yes? <laughs> <laughs> like, dude. And Gabriella says, in every language. Which I hate. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is yeah, so not Gabriella. Sort of it's annoying. Cutesy Gabriella that we get sometimes, and, and it's we hate. not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> me hating something is me saying it's not ideal. <laughs> I'm just like, no. And I say that to my students a lot. <laughs> Do you care if I did this homework in highlighter? It's not ideal. <laughs> I should start using that on my teens. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to move on to our segment? Sure. Cue the music. Well, Condra, we're we're actually running a little early, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna I'm gonna get loose here. I'm gonna put twelve minutes on the clock. Oh no. We have twelve <laughs> minutes to talk. Ad nauseum about new Disney Percy Jackson. Go. Yo! Oh my god! <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Um, I've been rereading the books in anticipation for it. And I didn't know if you knew that. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, you told me you were reading the books. Yeah. Okay. The awkward thing is, though, I haven't watched the new trailer because I want to go in as fresh as possible. No, no. So what I figured okay. we'd do is okay. we could talk about like Sorry, any stuff that we do happen too. to know. I know almost nothing about the show other than like Rick Riordan's attached and producing it, and you know presumably it's going to be he wrote the closer script. to the books, um, if not improving upon some weaknesses of the books. Yeah. So um, here's what I know from seeing him live and in person in May. He's so excited about this show. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm really peaky right now. I'm gonna just move this away for. <laughs> How are are the so, kids like? So the kids literally are twelve. The kids are young. Uh, they I don't think are twelve hard. The way like, but they're like, like first Aang season is. of Stranger Things. Yeah, like where they they look, play as kids. I I think they're like 13 though. Like I do think they are almost the right age. Like Rick really wanted yeah. to get as close to the right age as possible. That was so Rick has been spearheading this thing like it's been nobody's business. I've been following this for years um cuz I follow <laughs> him online and I just so background real real fast. I have seen Rick Riordan live 3 times. I think he is an incredible force of good as an author. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but um, he, as a te- like when he was a teacher, he took in what his students cared about, what he thought they needed, and he created this whole world of hope, basically, and a new age Star Wars where like people could have hope. And, and not like the sappy Doctor Who kind of hope either, but like a struggle prevail things suck, but you're still going to get through it kind of thing. And I think that is just, it's such an important story. And it's a topic that kids are naturally fascinated in. And I don't care that this show, I don't care if it's like Avatar season one, where it's like a bunch of silly jokes, because it is wrapped up in so much nostalgia for people my age, like our age too. I've been talking <laughs> to all my coworkers about how I've been rereading these books and they're all almost about to reread the books as well because they're like, man, Condra, you're getting a lot out of these books again. I'm like, I know. It's almost like Rick is a complicated writer who writes for people, period, not a certain demographic. Um, so yeah, so he, Rick has been 
tied to this project from the beginning. He went to Disney with it, and he's doing project with, like, Netflix, too. So it's not like he's... He picked Disney for this project kind of thing. In part because Disney had bought the rights from Fox. Like, there's part of that wrapped into (laughs) it. But he was happy Disney had it. And because he publishes through Hyperion, or he was publishing through Hyperion, which is Disney's publishing company when he was publishing Percy. So he helped cast the kids in a way that matches better with the images from the book that the movie did not follow in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) (sighs) But I so very much appreciate that it is one book, one season. Rick wrote the script. He got passes over it when he, like, he was co-writing. That's why he's... So uh, Rick is part of the Writers Guild now because of his work for Percy Jackson. So he's on strike right now, and he was very open with that in may he's like yeah i'm about to go on strike kind of thing seems like most of the production main production work would have been done by then post-production and yeah of course marketing being in the main phase now but they can't really market things without the actors the writers these days yeah so they're relying on a couple trailers basically but honestly because it's disney plus like are they going to drop it one week at a time? Yeah. I believe so. I think that's what the intention is. I think because it Although has Although if it's coming out market, in like December, they might like do like a, a big two, chunk a for two, people too. Yeah. Or kind of like what they do with the Star Wars where it's two and then. Yeah. Okay. So I figured an easy thing to do would be like, where would you like, if it's 10 episodes, like where might you draw the lot, like the episode endings for the first, maybe the first couple episodes. We don't need to like get super into it. But it seems to me that the first episode would end with Percy defeating the Minotaur and getting into the camp. I think, oh, yeah, because there's the, yeah, I think that'd be a good, like, him cresting the hill and seeing the camp for the first time. I think that'd be a really effective end shot. And then start the next, basically start the first, the next episode with him getting claimed. Because there's a little bit of camp stuff before, but, like, not enough to really, like... It's the toilet stuff, and it's like, yeah, you could have that, but you don't have to have that. Yeah, so, I mean, the first... I mean, so it starts out with him on this field trip to the museum, and then, like, a fury tries to get him while he's in the museum, and Grover saves him. And then some more shenanigans happen, and they end up driving to Long Island and fighting a minotaur on a hill, and then they get over the hill, and they're at Camp Half-Blood. Yeah. That's basically... That that seems pretty solid first episode, like setting up the couple characters that we know. Yep, and Chiron would be there, but not as Chiron yet. Chiron. These pronunciations in the audiobooks have been wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Grover's there, too. Yep. And... And then we don't meet Annabeth until the second episode. The second episode. episode, Which which, is cool. Yeah. You should definitely do that. Absolutely. Also depends on, like, if they're, like... 40 minute episodes or 60 minute episodes or 30 minute episodes like yeah i think so the second episode is like the introduction of the quest yeah how much like camp Camp. like how many episodes of camp are there well we have to do capture the flag like that's your big battle kind of fun scene and then right after that he gets claimed so that's all that like it's capture the flag and then he gets claimed and then it basically turns one episode yeah and then I think getting the quest, and so the next, the third episode is them starting the quest, and it starts with Annie M's, and 
which is Medusa. Surely they would arrive there like at the end of the third episode. N- I think Annie M's is the third episode because it's a it's a pretty long sequence. All right, so the first half of the episode is them like departing, Depart- and then yeah, the first place they get to, to is is that, and unlike unlike the movie, there's no like reason why they're there. They just happen to stop there and fight a monster. They're not trying to find some stupid pearl. No, not at all. No, um, they stumble into Annie M's. It is more of just like a road trip like that's the first stop on the road trip yeah and then they realize like oh the stakes are higher for like our travel mm-hmm. than we thought yeah and then so then the next episode i would say is probably like a combo of like them traveling in the so they then take a the truck oh no that they go to st louis next and then they go to um, the St. Louis Nevada. Arch. Yeah, they go to the St. Louis <laughs> there's Arch. There's a big fight, and they fall out. Yeah. The well, no, just Percy falls out. Annabeth and Grover are not in the arch. You're right. You're right. Yeah. People have very mixed feelings about the geography of that scene. That scene was a hot mess. <laughs> so bad. Um, but I think, I think spacing it out with all the major moments on like of the quest, so. Auntie M's, St. Louis Arch, the Lotus Hotel, kind of how it was done in the movie. Obviously, they're not going to the Parthenon in Tennessee because they never do that. (laughs) (sighs) Um, I hope they at least mention it in in the show. God, no. God, no. Any clever winks to the movie in the show? Absolutely not. Rick was the first to say that movie was hot garbage and we don't talk about it. But, But... the only, only reference I would ever, ever want to be made is Nathan Fillion as Hermes yes. doing a joke about Firefly. Do, doing a coy <laughs> joke about how a show was canceled too soon. Exactly. I mean, they're going to bring back Logan Lerman at some point, though, right? That'd be good. That'd be good. Okay, so in the third fourth book sorry i'm like i'm reading them too fast so it's like some of the stuff's blurring but poseidon has a favored mer son by the way we only have a minute and 30 seconds left that's fine uh he <laughs> has a mer son that's supposedly his like favored son and poseidon later is like oh no percy you're my favorite son but that'd be funny if logan lerman was that son and was like yeah dad like I'm logan merman a. Um. So and then okay. So then at the end they like they go to hell. They talk to Hades and he's like, "It wasn't me." Yeah. And then and Persephone then... helps them get out. No. No, that's in the movie. That's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, Percy had helped a uh, river spirit and she had given him them pearls and he chooses to sacrifice. Like he gets them out. There are pearls in it, but they don't get it in the same way as the movie. Yeah. So. And um, then the climax is him fighting Ares. Ares on a beach. Yes. So is does the does the ninth episode end with them getting out of hell and being like, what's or or does the ninth episode end with them realizing that Ares is the real enemy and then like there's a fight and then like most of the episode is the is the cool off from that. I think yeah, because we need the Luke stinger still because Luke needs yeah. to still betray them. And they need to get all the way back to camp and like unpack things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think Aries would be the beginning of ten, and then Luke being the second half of ten. Yeah, that's classic. Yeah. 
Anything else that you wanted to say about the show? Um, love it, please, so we get all of it. And <laughs> Rick is writing a new book for us. So <laughs> that was part of the deal. He had to write a book. Basically, he, that was part of the deal was like, he's like, OK, I'll write another Percy, Annabeth and Grover book for you. And they were like, yes, yeah. thank you. And I hope and I hope that more of the like Jason Leo heroes characters come back. Those are the ones I remember off the top of my head. <laughs> Piper, Raina. Piper, Raina. Yeah, she no good ones. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I just started Lost Hero yesterday and um it's 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 just as enjoyable. I'm surprised how much I'm getting out of it as an adult. I never read any of like the Kane Chronicles or the like I've only read like the main 10. Yeah, so I've read most of them. I haven't read the last couple Trials of Apollo and I'm still working on the Will Nico uh Will and Nico book right now. But um, so part of my reread is to finally finish the Trials of Apollo because I was in college when they were coming out and I just couldn't. So and is there any connection between Percy Jackson and High School Musical? Demographic of people who still like them. <laughs> people. Yeah. People in our age bracket. <laughs> yeah. Because I t- I mean, I tell my co-workers, my coworkers and I were all talking about Percy Jackson earlier today. And then they all think it's hilarious that I'm doing a high school like. If you liked this when you were young, now you are. You <laughs> now you are what, fit into this one of these boxes that Condra or I fits in. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I'm hopeful. I've been very pleasantly surprised by a lot of the Disney Plus shows. I even didn't hate Willow. I thought it was pretty fun as an adventure fantasy. A lot of the Disney stuff is like too far in the weeds at this point. But if Disney's like giving people the budget and the freedom to sort of like do some of these shows, some of them like Willow were like, I don't know, maybe it wasn't worth the money. But Percy Jackson, you have to hope is. Yeah, I think it's like this Avatar, (laughs) the Avatar live action that's coming. Live action. Yeah, I think there's a similar fan base that. People are excited for these two things. People wanted to do well, right? Like Willow came out and people were like, I'll check this out, but like, I don't, like, is it supposed to be good? I don't know. Yeah, but like, people are going to have a rabid fan base. Like, the Tumblr crowd is going to show up. Oh, heck yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you for letting me talk about Percy Jackson for 12 years. Yeah, I knew it was going to just. just be like a topic that we could go off on, and I I thought the time limit would be a little funny. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Well, until next time, you can find us on Instagram at Amateur Nerds. Or on Tumblr at Wildcat Minute. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know who your favorite Percy Jackson character is or what your favorite book is. Or or, quote. Or what your favorite um, foot shot in a movie is. (laughs) If Quentin's listening, you can feel free to... Hit us up. Shout out to an individual. Okay. <laughs> Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. We'll see you next time to find out if we ever get a, another scene of the movie. You can bet on it. <laughs>